0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks so much for downloading this week's radio show in the podcast form. It's Big 12 Championship Week. We're still giving away Heartland College Sports koozies. All you have to do is rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Send me a screenshot of your review to Pete Mundo. That's Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I will get that koozie in the mail for you. Give me your address. I'll put the koozie in the mail. It's all good. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the show, and we'll talk to you soon. Third and goal at the three, and Iowa State moved at the snap. Skyler Thompson to the goal line. Touchdown! I can feel it coming on now well, as the music plays. A with the night out. He's at the band, of 35, the 30, the 25, the 20. It's a foot race to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. He goes again. David Sills with a 53-yard touchdown reception. We're going all night long, everybody's And the Cyclones win it. They have knocked off the number four TCU Hard Frogs. This is not some mirage. When the sun down, stars come out just kept trying to catch him, and he just kept running away from him. It's 81 yards for McCleskey on the grab. Locked it down the middle for Rodney. It's caught at the 10 to the four. Well, that's it. The college football season is in the books, at least the regular season. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. We appreciate you joining us each and every week. So let's get to what's happening here. Texas-Oklahoma, Big 12 championship game. Now, each and every Sunday we do a podcast and we put it on YouTube as well where we recap the game. So If you're looking for more of a game recap breakdown discussion, you can find that conversation on iTunes. Just go download our podcast there. Please do also rate, review, and subscribe it. Uh, We appreciate that. But now let's look at the bigger picture here since it's the week of. The bigger picture is that the Big 12 was best off having Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. I said that last week, and it's true for any conference. Any conference should and does want its blue bloods in the conference championship game. Let's go around the bend. I mean, Michigan can't have, or the Big Ten can't have Michigan and Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. Conferences aren't broken up like that there. They can't have it. But if they had their druthers, that's what they'd have. In the Pac-12, you know, you'd want USC, and then you'd want Stanford, Oregon, something like that. Uh, If you're in the SEC, you want Alabama, you want Florida, all right? Alabama, you want Georgia, some type of combination around there. And if you're in the ACC, I guess you want Clemson and uh, Miami, I guess, Virginia Tech. Or if not Clemson, you want, I guess, Florida State. That'd be your combination there. So for the Big 12, I'm not shocked by this. You know, I predicted Oklahoma to win last week, and I predicted Texas to win last week. Now, before the season, in fairness, I did say that I thought it'd be Oklahoma-West Virginia, and that didn't happen. Uh, The Mountaineers, yes, there were a couple of bad calls last week, but let's not pretend like West Virginia lost because of the officiating. You gave up 14 points off a couple of bad Will Greer turnovers. You can't have that from a senior quarterback in a big game. You can't have it. It happened. It was a mistake. It was two big mistakes and it arguably cost the Mountaineers. Yes, Robert Barnes should have been ejected for targeting. Yes, the penalty on T.J. Simmons on the blocking call down the sidelines was a bad one, but still, the Mountaineers arguably lost that game, and Dana Holgerson shouldn't have called the timeout on third down or before fourth down at the end of the game because then Lincoln Riley drew up a play to beat him. Got out coached and outplayed. I still love the Mountaineers. You know, it's funny. Every week, a different fan base is harassing me on Twitter for saying I hate their team and hate their program. I don't. I really don't. I love the Mountaineers. I love Coach Olgerson. But they lost the game. So this Oklahoma-Texas matchup is what the Big 12 envisioned. It's what they want every year. You know, they won't admit it. Bob Bowlesby won't say it. But I'll tell you what, we love the Big 12 championship game, whether it's Baylor and Kansas, and that's no disrespect to either of those teams. You want me to say Kansas and Kansas State? Fine. There you go. Uh doesn't matter to us. We're going to be there. Derek Duke's going to be there. I am not going to be there because my wife is due on December 15th with our first child. So I figured it was best to, uh, you know, just in case, God forbid, she goes into labor, while I'm down in Dallas for the Big 12 title game, that would have been a very bad scene, and I would have never lived it down. So I'm not going. Derek Duke is going. He's going to do a great job covering it for us. But let's be honest. When the Big 12 brought back the championship game, this is what they envisioned because in the old Big 12, you had the North and the South, and you know OU Texas couldn't play in the conference championship game. But when you have a true round robin, Ten teams. Everybody plays each other. You're guaranteed to get a rematch. Nobody else has that. I know the Big 12, you'll see it during the games, right? Commercials during the games, you'll see, hey, true round robin, one true champion. They do try to push it out there time and time again. But I'm telling you, this has got to be like politicians running for office. They have got to make sure the Big 12 should be sending memos to their coaches every time they do a press conference. Hey, somehow weave in the fact that this is the only conference in America with a true round-robin and a rematch in the conference title game between the two best teams. That has got to be pointed out. Seriously, I mean, it happens in politics. Regardless of which way you lean, this last midterm cycle, the Democrat Party made sure their talking points were health care, health care, and health care. Everybody paid attention to the script. The Big 12's got to start doing that. Needs to start going down that road. So here we have this conference championship game this weekend, Texas, Oklahoma, Saturday, AT&T Stadium in Arlington. It is going to be a great, great game, a great time. If you're going, uh, we won't have our tailgate this year, unfortunately, once again, because of my pending child, but we will be down there covering it, and we look forward to that. So you also have a ton of head coaching controversies. Nah, I guess not controversies, just Rumors flying all over the place. The one that really got me was Bob Stoops and the Auburn Tigers. Bob Stoops is not going to coach the Auburn Tigers. Why would he do that? You know, Bob Stoops has millions of dollars in the bank. You know, his wife makes a ton of money as well. She works for a cosmetics company. It's skipping my mind right now. But they're doing just fine. His boys are playing football at Oklahoma. That's his home. You know, people forget this. They say, uh, like, oh, well, somebody grew up there, so they might take a job there. They'll definitely consider this job because they, oh, went to school there. Guys, it's not that simple. It doesn't matter if it's radio, coaching, construction. There's a lot more factors that go into it than, well, the guy has a second uncle whose brother-in-law, Lived there for 20 years, he's a shoe in for the job. No, he's not. He's not even picking up the phone. Sorry. Think about Bob Stoop's kids. Grew up in Oklahoma. They're Norman, Oklahoma through and through. And Bob even said this during one of his press conferences in the last, I don't know, year and a half, two years. He goes, I've been in Oklahoma now more of my adult life than I've been in Ohio, where he's originally from. And I think about this, too. You know, I talk about it with my wife. Like, we're in Kansas City now. We both grew up on the East Coast. We've lived in Oklahoma. We've lived in Pennsylvania. We've lived back in New York, New Jersey. Now we're in Kansas City. I hope and I plan to be in Kansas City for a very long time. It's possible that our kids will grow up in Kansas City. Hopefully very possible. And just because we grew up somewhere else in the country, that somewhere else in the country, even though, let's say, their grandparents might be there, that's not going to be home to them and it made my wife upset but I was like that's true it's it's just the reality of the situation home to them may not be home to us and over time home can change to people if you live somewhere for 20 years like Bob Stoops in Norman Oklahoma I'm pretty sure that's home if he goes to his old stomping grounds in Youngstown Ohio who's he know Uncle Jimmy who's you know, 85 years old on a respirator? I mean, let's be honest. So when this Bob Stoops-Auburn thing came up, I was sitting there and I was like, really? This doesn't make any sense. Football Scoop reported that Bob Stoops had met with Auburn a few weeks ago. Why would Bob Stoops tarnish his legacy, stop being able to play golf a couple times a week, stop being able to watch his kids play college football, to go get his brains beaten in by Nick Saban and try to appease a fan base that is unruly and totally out of touch with reality because they look at what's going on in Tuscaloosa. Gus Malzahn has a $32 million buyout, and you have people across Auburn who think it's time to move on from the guy and who apparently are even willing to pay the buyout. That's nuts. It's crazy to me, and it's not going to happen. So some of this stuff you just got to laugh at, you have to chuckle at, because it's not realistic. It's not making much sense, and Bob Stoops to Auburn makes even less sense. There's a couple places I could see Bob going. Maybe Notre Dame. Maybe if the NFL called, although I don't think it's going to. And that's kind of it. I don't see much else. I don't see his alma mater in Iowa. Ohio State, Yeah, he's an Ohio kid. I don't even think that does it. He's a happy guy. And everything you hear, read, and see tells exactly that. Now, let me just say this, too, about another coaching job, Texas Tech. I thought that Tech made a mistake firing Kingsbury. That being said, if there's a phone call I'm making, it's Josh Heupel at UCF. He's got a big buyout, so it probably won't happen, but I would at least give him a call. He's got the head coaching experience now, Big 12 guy I'd give them a look. Offense is similar to what OU is doing. A lot of good stuff there. Well, coming up, let's talk about the latest college football playoff rankings next here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Well, we do have our latest college football playoff rankings. I will get to those here coming up in just a few minutes. But first, I want to touch on the two coaches and the two teams that impress me most over the last couple of weeks of the season. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Thanks so much for joining us. So uh, it's Matt Rule at Baylor, and it's TCU head coach Gary Patterson. First off, Gary Patterson to be 4-6 and six and to win those final two games against one being Baylor and then Oklahoma State. You know, those are middle-of-the-pack teams in the conference. But still, this team was decimated by injuries. Absolutely decimated. And for TCU to get itself to a bowl game, I think it's the 16th time in Patterson's 18 season, something crazy like that, to get to another bowl game in a year where this team could have easily folded, could have easily said, you know what? It's not our year. We got to the Big 12 title game last year. We'll be back next season. Just got to get healthy. Let's kick our feet up. Enjoy the holidays. No. No, Gary Patterson coached his face-off these past couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, the Oklahoma State game, I cannot figure out what the heck happened with Mike Gundy's team this year. Uh, the fact that they end up beating teams like West Virginia, they lose to the likes of uh, Baylor and Kansas State and TCU, and they beat Texas, they beat West Virginia, they nearly beat Oklahoma. I have no idea what the heck Mike Gundy was doing in Stillwater this season. As good as it was at times, it was that bad at times. It just made no sense at all. That's why I picked TCU to win that game last week. But Gary Patterson deserves so much credit. And Matt Rule, I would vote for Matt Rule for Big 12 Coach of the Year. You can argue, okay, Lincoln Riley, all right, he might deserve it. Tom Herman, see he a year ahead of schedule, might he deserve it? Could you argue Matt Campbell deserving it? I think you could. You can't sell me on Dana Holgerson. Came up short of expectations in Morgantown. I wouldn't give it to him. Uh, those are probably your uh, top-of-the-line guys. But Matt Rule to go from 1-11 and 11 to get this team to 6-6. and 6. Now, I thought they had a bad day game against TCU. I thought he got out-coached in that game, and his team got out-hustled. But you know what? They came back in a must-win game against Texas Tech. Both coaches, both teams desperately wanting and needing that win for bowl eligibility and it was none other than Matt Rule coming out on top. And and I wrote this a year ago. Baylor's one and eleven, but guess what? The future's bright, and it's even brighter now because they get another three weeks of practice, playing a bowl game. This is the kind of progress you want to see from a young team. Five and seven would have been fine, but something about getting to bowl eligibility at six and six says a lot about this team, a lot about the growth of this program. You know when that whole thing went down two and a half years ago that could have set the program back half a dozen years if not a decade that's not the kind of thing and scandal that a coach digs out of in two years and you know they're not where they were under our brows i get it i understand that but there's something that has to be said for this team with where it is with where it's come from credit to the guys that hung around the program these seniors unbelievable stuff. And Matt Rule and that staff, uh, they deserve all the credit in the world because they had done an outstanding job uh, with this team. There's no question about it. They have done yeoman's work getting these guys to where they are. So kudos to Matt Rule. He would be my big 12 coach of the year. All right. So let's dive into what happened here with the uh, latest college football playoff rankings on Tuesday. Good news for OU. They are ahead of Ohio State sitting at number five. That's a good thing. The other good thing is the fact that you have now Texas is sitting at 14, Um, you have Iowa State at 23, you have West Virginia at 16. Meantime, Ohio State is playing Northwestern this weekend in the Big Ten championship game, and Northwestern's down at 21. It would seem to me that if Alabama wins against Georgia fairly easily, if Oklahoma beats Texas which you know I'm just doing this for college football playoff ramifications sake and then if Ohio State takes care of business against Northwestern how could the committee possibly possibly put in Ohio State over Oklahoma how does that happen well i heard the narrative being told on tuesday night it's so funny too to see kirk herbstreet chiming in on all this as he sits there in his office with his own jersey on a Buckeyes uniform over his right shoulder. I, you know, could you at least change the backdrop for me, Kirk? Would that kill you? Is that too much work to change the backdrop on your uh, in your office to at least uh, pretend like there's a semblance of nonpartisan college football playoff hackery going on? Is that too much to ask? I guess so. I, I, apparently it is because he's already saying, well, you know, Ohio State's finally playing like we all thought they would. Well, hang on. What is this? Is this this about being the hottest team in the country? Or is this about who is the best team over the period of time that the college football season started back in what, late August, early September to where it is right now? Or is it just about, hey, let's pick the four hottest teams in the country right now, right? If that's the case, throw in uh, Iowa State in the mix. Why don't you? Seriously, why not do that? I mean, they're, they're one of the hottest teams in America. Throw them in the mix. Do it. And what I also thought was interesting about these rankings, I'll get back to Ohio State and Oklahoma and what it means in a second, but I just, uh, just got reminded of this. Michigan only dropping to number seven? Have to get waxed? Giving up 62 points? And it's interesting, too, how this was laid out by the college football playoff talking heads on ESPN. They did not say geez, maybe Michigan's not as good as we thought they were. That was not a storyline. Instead, the storyline was, wow, Ohio State must just be that good. That's what they told us time and time again on Tuesday night. I wanted to throw up. I, seriously, that, that's where I was and watching that whole thing on Tuesday night. I haven't watched one of those straight through yet this season because I, you know, you know what you're going to get. I mean, Joe Gallo- Joey Galloway, the guy can barely put together a couple of sentences, and when he does, it makes no sense anyway. Uh, you got Jesse Palmer, who looks good. I'll give him that. I'll take his looks. Uh, Herb Street is a sharp guy. I respect him. I tried to get him on this podcast. It hasn't worked out thus far, but he's a good guy from what I've heard. Uh, who am I? Th- uh, Reese Davis. I like Reese. Uh, the glasses are a little bit much sometimes. Trying a little too hard with those glasses, but I like Reese Davis. And who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting the fourth guy. Who is it? college football playoff. All right, you got Reese, you got Palmer, you got Galloway, and oh, Pollock. I like Pollock. He's a straight shooter. He's a good guy. But the fact that Michigan drops three spots after getting smoked by 23 points by their biggest rival, geez. And by the way, how does how does that game against Notre Dame go that they lost early in the season if Notre Dame's playing book at quarterback? Do they only lose by a touchdown? Or do they lose by double digits? I think it's very possible. I mean, you know, I don't want to play revisionist history here, but it's very possible they lose by double digits. So I'm just I don't get that Michigan love. It felt like way too much for me. All right, let's get back to what this all means though for the Oklahoma Sooners and everything else going forward. If OU wins, it should be in, unless Georgia beats Alabama or Georgia is able to lose by like a field goal at the last second. My fear and I think this is entirely possible. My fear is that if Georgia wins or Georgia loses by a field goal, or let's say, you know, Alabama comes back and wins by a point, something crazy, they'll put Georgia in. Now, I think it'd be horrible for ratings to have Georgia and Alabama play for uh, what would be the third time in essentially the past 12 months. When you factor in the national championship game and then also, of course, you know, the SEC championship game and then let's say Alabama was one and then you had Georgia again at four. They play again in the semifinals. That that would be horrible. Or, yeah, they couldn't move Notre Dame down. They couldn't do that. But that's what you would have then. Alabama, Georgia rematch in the semifinals. Who wants that from a TV perspective? It's horrible. So there is a lot to still figure out, and we'll, of course, learn a lot more on Saturday. And, and if OU wins, it should be in, but it's it's never as easy as it should be. Let's just put it that way. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. will coming up, it's time to give you my prediction of the game, what's going to happen. It's all next on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Alright, so as we get you set for this Big 12 championship game, let me just add this too. If you're not a fan of Texas, you should be rooting for Oklahoma, and I'll explain why. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks so much for joining us as always, being a part of the show. So here's the deal. If you're a fan of Baylor, if you're a fan of Kansas, Kansas State, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, TCU... You should be rooting for the Oklahoma Sooners. And that's not a knock on Texas. It's not. I don't have a dog in the fight. But I'll tell you what, as a Big 12 fan, the best case scenario is for OU to win and make the college football playoff. Because the Big 12 has yet to play in a national championship game since we've gone to the college football playoff. OU's made it twice. They lost to Clemson. Uh, in the second edition of the college football playoff. And then last year, of course, they should have beat Georgia. I'll say it (laughs) till the end of time. They should have won that game. No doubt in my mind. If Lincoln Riley doesn't take his foot off the pedal with that offense in the second half, they would have won the game. If he did what he did on Saturday against West Virginia, which is go for it on fourth and five from just over midfield with two minutes left in the game your offense is oftentimes your best defense. And Lincoln Riley learned that lesson the hard way last year in the college football playoff semifinal. Because he got soft against Georgia, he did not have the offense humming and um, going at the same pace that it was in the first half. It just wasn't the same team. And they came back and it bit him. But the Big 12 desperately needs a win in this college football playoff. Now, let's just say Alabama beats Georgia. Alabama's the one seed. If OU beats Texas, it's going to be a debate between Oklahoma, Ohio State, if it ends up beating Northwestern in the Big Ten title game. And then depending on how badly Georgia loses, uh, some people may say, all right, maybe even Georgia's worthy of that fourth spot. I hope to God we don't get two SEC teams again, but it's possible. So let's say Alabama wins, and it's a battle for the fourth spot. The hope should be that Oklahoma gets that fourth spot. First off, it would set up a no-lose situation for the Big 12. If OU goes out there and gets blown out by three touchdowns, all right, stinks. Alabama's doing it to everybody this year. LSU, they are crushing everybody. It's not even close in some of these games. Auburn, they're blowing teams out outside of the Citadel. Well, they eventually blow them out, but you get my point. So, they are just having a field day. This may be the best installment of the Nick Saban-Alabama-Crimson Tide ever, possibly. So, for OU to go into that game, if they were to get the four seed, if somehow they kept it close, if somehow, oh my gosh, they won the game, that changes the landscape for the Big 12 Conference because you're still seeing this notion all over the place. Oh, the Big 12 plays, no defense. No defense in the Big 12. It doesn't exist. Even though, you know... Michigan, the vaunted Wolverines defense that everybody was raving about all season, just got torched for 62 points against Ohio State. Hey, guess who's never given up 62 points in a game this year? Ah, the Oklahoma Sooners. How about that? Go figure. So OU would be playing with house money. But the deal is also the Big 12 needs to get a win at some point in this college football playoff. Now, uh, the SEC's obviously done very well. The Big Ten has had its moments as well. Well, the Big Ten won the first one with Ohio State. Since then, it hasn't been as good. Um, The Pac-12 has not had a good run in this thing. And then you've had the ACC, basically Clemson, has done its job. So for OU to potentially get in this thing, and who knows, make some noise playing with house money, uh, there is a lot to like about the opportunity that would stand ahead of the Oklahoma Sooners. So any Big 12 fan outside of Texas should be rooting for OU. And that's not to knock on Texas. That's just, if you're looking at the uh, health of the conference, at the national and public perception of the conference, that's important stuff. You know, when you have this college football playoff, or let's be honest, uh, perception is sometimes reality when human beings are picking the teams, it's a big deal. And you know what else we're going to learn? We're going to learn who's got more power on that committee. Interestingly enough, Joe Castiglione's on the committee. He's the Oklahoma Athletic Director. And Gene Smith, who is the Ohio State Athletic Director, is also on the college football playoff committee. This sets up a very interesting potential dilemma between Oklahoma and Ohio State, if that's the debate that we end up having Saturday night in the Sunday morning. Fascinating stuff. Absolutely fascinating intriguing when you dig into the possibilities here okay Pete Mundo heartland college sports weekly part of heartlandcollegesports.com your independent big 12 site so this game this weekend here's the deal Texas looked beat up to me last week against Kansas they looked like a team that just had been through the war and I'm not sure they can dig out of it To me, this Texas team, you talk about playing with house money like OU if it makes the college football playoff. It feels to me like Texas is playing with house money. They're here a year early. That's not to say that they're content being here. But compare this to OU, who feels like it has unfinished business in many ways, even though Baker Mayfield's gone and Mark Andrews gone and some of the big players, Orlando Brown, still, it feels like there's unfinished business with this team, with this program coming off of last season. Texas is like, geez, you know, we lost to Maryland in week one. I didn't expect us to be here. It's a young team and it's guys who have never been in a position like this before, been playing for a conference title. It's a totally different animal, different beast. I know you have some tough road games, but this is a totally different element. So OU has an advantage off the bat there in terms of, first off, experience, maturity, an older team. When it comes to coaching, I would give a slight edge To OU, not that I don't like the Texas staff, I do. But once again, Lincoln Riley's been in this game before. Tom Herman hasn't. Although Tom Herman, you hear this, he was flying in. um, (laughs) He was flying in David Beatty, I guess, to help him out with game planning. I don't love the precedent that that sets. David Beatty's a great guy. I'm not gonna rip on him here. He just lost his job. But I don't love the precedent that it sets. Once again, it's not illegal. There's nothing against it. I, I just I don't like it from a gamesmanship perspective. But I got to be honest, too. Uh, Bringing in a guy who, yeah, okay, OU hung with, or Kansas hung with OU there for a little bit, but bringing in a guy who's won, what, uh, two Big 12 games the past three years, past four years? uh, Okay, you can have him, Tom, all right? He's he's all yours. Um, Anyway, this game comes down to a couple things. First off, OU's offense, I don't know who's stopping this running attack. I don't know if stopping this offense. Texas's defense went through a little bit of a lull there, that like West Virginia, early November range, Oklahoma State. They've come back of late, but still, they're going to have to have the offense to keep up, and OU's offense is getting a bit better. You're starting to see better play from the cornerbacks and better play from the linebackers. That's all a big deal. Those are all very good things. What this game comes down to is one thing. OU's got the best red zone offense in the Big 12, the worst red zone defense in the Big 12. If Texas can take advantage of that while holding OU to a field goal or two in the red zone, that will decide this game. But ultimately, I think Kyler Murray is too much. I think that running game is too much, and I don't see a Texas defense that is going to hold this team to... Uh, you know under 40 points which it has to do to have a chance at winning so I like the Sooners by a final of 49 to 38 over the Texas Longhorns on Saturday in the Big 12 championship game thank you so much guys for joining us for being a part of the show can't thank you enough uh, we'll be back next week same time same place Heartland College Sports Weekly enjoy the conference title game and we'll talk to you soon two thousand country stations yeah we One big country nation, that's right. Well, thanks so much again for listening to this week's uh, show and podcast. Appreciate that so much. We are as grassroots as it gets because of you. If you want that koozie, rate, review, subscribe, and send me a screenshot. Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Have a great week and enjoy the Big 12 championship game.